Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to episode number 123, wow, that that's a lot, of the Giant Take Podcast. I'm Josh, and I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. We are here today to talk about a Chiefs matchup, Giants versus Chiefs, coming up this Monday night, and that is why you're hearing this episode, hopefully on Saturday or Sunday or Monday, giving you three days to take a listen and uh, enjoy that and enjoy us talking here in the intro and enjoy us talking with Mike Too Nice. It's got a YouTube channel, Giants Oriented, Fantasy Football in there as well. Uh, and it was a good interview with him. So that will be coming your way in a few minutes. Alex, how are you? I'm doing well. Um, I'm excited for this weekend. I'm excited to enjoy my Sunday. Who cares about Halloween? It's NFL Sunday. We're going to watch Red Zone all day, seven hours of commercial free football. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then we'll enjoy the Giants Monday night. And hopefully we get a win. We got some exciting news, some not so exciting news, and uh, yeah, I mean, let's get right into it, right, Josh? Um, you know, first bullet point here: Pat Graham pulling his hair out watching Chiefs film. He mentioned that during his press conference. In case anyone's interested, highly recommend it. Now, here's an interesting thing: Kadarius Tony is back doing his press conferences, and I I've seen clips. I have not watched the whole thing because I need to get. I'm gonna get. Uh, a nice, a nice drink. Maybe sit down with dinner and enjoy it properly. So I've only seen clips, but I'm sure it's good. I'm very excited to watch and and enjoy thoroughly, as I recommend everyone does, because those interviews are a whole lot of fun. I, I would, I would happen to agree with you, Alex. I think they are very fun interviews. I think that there are some some players and coaches on this team that have really good interviews. Both of them being Patrick Graham and Kadarius Tony, like you mentioned. Um, and then there's like really annoying interviews and that's Joe judge. I'm still going to keep talking about, it. I get into that in the interview too. Alex is giving me a face here on the recording about it. So that, that's, that's why I mentioned it. So the next thing here and the last thing actually bullet point wise is Shepard will quote unquote play in this game against the Kansas city chiefs. I believe that was quotes from him in his press conference talking about that. He believes he will play so good for him, uh, that he thinks he will play. But Alex, my question for you, is this Chiefs team better than their record shows? Yes, a little bit better than the record shows, I think. This defense is bad, and I think you can't, you can't discount that. I, I, I agree. I think that um, the defense is bad. The Giants' defense is bad, though, too. It didn't show it last weekend against the uh, Carolina Panthers, but it did show it the weekend prior, giving up over 40 points to the Los Angeles Rams. And you can argue that the Chiefs' offense is just as explosive, if not more explosive. So that's a little bit troubling. Patrick Mahomes had an injury last weekend. Let's try and get to him. Not not to re-injure the injury, but, uh, you know, get pressure there. Just in normally. And um, let's have Aziz Ojolari break out and have a great game again. Can we, can we do that? Can we have Leonard Williams again get a sack, please? That would be great. 
That's all I got to say. I think that my X Factor is truly known for this game, but you're going to have to wait because I am going to do other stuff before I do that. And that is the injury report, the thing we love because there's so many players that are injured. Um, And honestly, pretty good amount on both sides this time. We're going to start out with the Kansas City Chiefs. Defensive end Chris Jones was not injury not injury related groin slash wrist, and he did not practice on Thursday. Tricep injury for linebacker Anthony Hitchens did not practice Thursday. Defensive tackle Kalen Saunders uh, knee injury did not practice also on Thursday. And now we move on to the limited practice. There's only one. It's the fullback Michael Burton due to a pectoral. Um, injury so that's why he was uh, limited practice wise and then the full practices Travis Kelsey neck injury full practice I don't need to say full practice after I literally just said it okay guard Trey Smith ankle injury uh, cornerback Legereus Need wrist injury guard Joe uh, Thune hand injury had to lean in read that make sure I got it right and then running back Daryl Williams hamstring injury all of those players had full practices now on to our favorite part the New York Giants. I can't even speed run it. I'm just going to go through it. Saquon Barkley, just before, he's the top of the list anyway. He will not be playing this week. I know that. It's it's not going to happen, and hopefully he comes back in week nine. But for right now, he's not playing in this game against the Chiefs. It's not likely, at least, and I don't think it's going to happen if he didn't practice Thursday or Friday. But we don't have the Friday practice report from the Chiefs. We have the Friday practice report from the Giants because we're just that legit in sources. And when you look up Giants injuries, definitely the New York Giants link doesn't come up where it tells you the Friday practices. It's because we were there and we just know all the injuries. Right, Alex? Yeah. You want to go through the injury report? I do. I love the injury report. Friday's injury report did not practices. Saquon Barkley, ankle. Lorenzo Carter, ankle. Nate Ebner, ankle. Kenny Galladay, knee. And now to our limited practices. Kadarius Toney, ankle. Evan Ingram, calf. Danny Shelton, sorry, I took a big break there. Danny Shelton, peck. There you go. trying to figure out what that was. Peck, limited. Sterling Shepard, hamstring, limited. Caden Smith, limited. And a did not practice for Mr. Carter Coughlin either, even though I do believe he's out for a very long time. So I don't know why they have him on the injury report. Anyway, that's your Giants injury report. And uh, yeah. Presented so, by Alex. Presented by Alex. Let's get into our NFL predictions now before we go to the interview. Last mm-hmm. week, we have our stats. Josh and I both went 10 and 3. Uh, we struggled. The only two different games, uh, the two different predictions we had was I had the Colts beating the 49ers, which they did. And Josh had the Browns beating the Broncos, uh, which he was right as well. So those basically evened out and we both were 10 and three this week. We got some games. We got lots of games. Josh one o'clockers. You ready? This is an important week right before the trade deadline. If that mm. means anything for the uh, the game predictions. <laughs> it really does not, Alex, but I'm glad you thought you could incorporate that into this. We are not incorporating into our picks the Packers-Cardinals game because that already happened. Whoa, mind blown right there. Let's start off with the Panthers-Falcons. Both of us have the Falcons. I'm going to move like clockwork with this, okay? You'll hear me go fast, and you'll hear Alex, and he'll go all slow for you. But for right now, let's go to the Titans-Colts. We both have the Titans winning that one. The next game after that is a 1 o'clock matchup. Bills-Dolphins. Um, obviously, both in the AFC Conference. I don't, I'm just trying to think of the division. AFC East. And basically, that is going to be a Bills win for both of us. Next matchup. Bengals-Jets. Wanted to make sure I had that right. We both have the Bengals. Browns-Steelers. Both have the Browns. Finally, we're split on a game. It's the Eagles-Lions because of the tale of two bad teams. Can Dan Campbell actually get a win? Well, according to myself, yes, he can. According to Alex, no, he cannot. <laughs> Rams-Texans, I think it's going to be another easy win for the Rams. 49ers-Bears, 49ers win that one for both of us. Patriots-Chargers, once again, Alex just knows to learn his lesson with the Chargers. Don't vote against the Chargers. It doesn't end well for him. Chargers, both of us win there. 
and you also don't go into the four o'clock games. Mm, that's, that's something you don't do either. That is very but anyway, true. But anyway, Josh spared you all of one long game explanation, so you can thank him later. Jaguars, Seahawks. I don't really have much to say about this game. Seahawks for both of us. Buccaneers, Saints. I like this game a lot. I'm very excited for it. Uh, I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the Buccaneers fare against a pretty solid Saints defense. And, uh, you know, we'll see how the Saints and Jameis Winston get along as well with that beat up secondary of the Buccaneers. Washington Broncos. No, Washington football team versus the Broncos. Uh, Do we both have the Broncos here? No, we don't. This is the interesting part. I have the Broncos. Josh has the Washington football team. See what happens. I'm not going to get into any more of that. And our Sunday night football matchup here. A really good game that happened last year, actually. This same matchup. Cowboys, Vikings, Sunday night football. We both have the Cowboys. And I just realized I didn't say who was going to win the Bucks and Saints, but we both had the Bucks as well. Um, in case anyone was interested. And obviously, Monday Night Football is Giants-Chiefs, and we have our score predictions towards the end of the interview with Mike Too Nice, so make sure to go remember that and stay. <laughs> great job, Alex. You're a great plug. <laughs> um, X-Factor time, because we did not do that in the interview. I'm going to go with what Alex always calls, I mean, recently when he thinks he's nice and, and good at doing his, uh, his predictions, he goes under the radar, and then it doesn't work out for him. I'm not going under the radar. The Giants, as we know, are not good and have not been good within the last five years covering tight ends. Well, if you didn't know, the Kansas City Chiefs have a pretty good tight end, and that tight end has a pretty good relationship with this pretty good quarterback. It's a lot of pretty goods. Travis Kelsey, my X factor for this game, is actually, I, I think, second when it comes to stats on the team with Tyreek Hill at number one when it comes to receiving-wise. But Tyreek... Uh, but Travis Kelsey, excuse me, will have a big game. He'll be my X Factor in this one. All right, so I'm going to go with my man, Josh Gordon. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm not going that deep. All right, so there's lots of interesting players here. Obviously, the obvious one would be Tyreek Hill. Another obvious one would be Patrick Mahomes. But I'm not going to go with any of those because, like you said, Josh, I think I'm too good and that I got it in the bag. So I'm going to go for my man, Miko Hardman as my X factor, even though that's pretty obvious actually. But anyway, Miko Hardman, I think up against Mr. Adore Jackson, he may have some success and uh, I'm going to go with him as our X, as my X factor, not Josh's X factor. Um, And that's pretty much it. So make sure to go continue listening right now. (laughs) Um, But Josh, you go. (laughs) This is a disaster. I'm just going to go. I'm going to take over here. Yes, so we appreciate you listening to the Giant Take Podcast. Don't stop. We got an interview coming right up. Subscribe. Drop five stars. Also, if you're watching this because the interview is posted, well, you're not watching this. You're watching the interview, so you won't hear this. It's kind of – but if you're on our YouTube channel, go give it a like, subscribe, and uh, follow us. Everything, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. The Giant Take Pod. I made it nice, simple, and easy for you. If you want to look at all our links and find all of them, shipitstudios.com slash the giant take. That is shipitstudios.com slash the giant take. I normally would let Alex just say the bye bye, but I'm already here, so I'm going to do it for him. Appreciate listening. Enjoy the interview, and we will see you for the recap. Giants versus Chiefs. Hopefully, they get a win. We'll have to see, but yeah, enjoy the interview with Mike Too Nice. We are back now with a very special guest, Mike Too Nice on YouTube, and you can follow him on Twitter at Mike underscore NYY. Mike, how are you? I'm great, guys. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to get to uh, some Giants topics. It's nice coming off a win for once instead of talking about the same crap as we always do. So at least <laughs> there's some positives here to go off of. <laughs> yeah, well, this team is bad. I will definitely tell you that. Uh, <laughs> a win doesn't change the fact of, of the matter, but... I definitely agree with you. I think it is a good topic. I do feel more calm than I would be if, if we were uh, talking about a loss here. 
Yeah, I think the potential if they lost to Carolina of starting like one and nine was there. So the fact that they got that one out of the way against Carolina was much needed. And the way they did it, you know, 25-3, I don't think most people expected that. So the way they did it was great. And it at least gives us some confidence. I know the Giants are nine and a half, ten point underdogs in KC. And uh, miracles happen, though. So, I mean, at least we're going into this with like, hey, there's a chance. And right now that third wildcard spot in the NFC is still kind of up for grabs. So, uh, you know, I know that maybe that's being too optimistic, but at least there's a chance here of uh, kind of salvaging this lost season so far. Yeah, and I was mentioning this to Josh after the game on our recap that it's been a while since the Giants have like thoroughly beaten someone like that. Uh, what what was the final score again? 25 to three, yeah. right? So it, it was it was thorough and it was it was it was it was a beat down kind of almost because similar to what we usually experience on the other end um sometimes right usually the giants <laughs> like to keep it close to break all our hearts at the very end but um but yeah that, that's definitely it, it was it was nice and refreshing to see that and this weekend obviously the chiefs haven't started great i don't think you can underestimate them uh especially their offense but their defense definitely has some question marks I would agree for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at some of the ranks right now as I prepare for uh, the weekly um, game previews I do. I mean, the Chiefs' defense is 28th right now in points per game allowed, 27th in rushing yards per game allowed, 26th in passing yards allowed per game. And um, that's against Steve Spagnuolo, our old defensive coordinator and once head coach for like six games. So um, there is some familiarity there. And just so far, they have not been off to the best start. Even the Chiefs, uh, one of their best defenders, Chris Jones, is on the injury report, did not practice on Friday, I saw. So, I mean, that's definitely going to help a lot if he's not there. Um, you know, they suck with him too. So, if they don't have him, I mean, the Giants should. If, if they don't score over 20 points in this game, I'm going to be very disappointed. Um, if they lose this game like 35 to 31, you know, it is what it is, but at least they'll compete. I, I just don't want to get blown out in this game. And, you know, I do think they keep it kind of close. Maybe that's that's silly of me, but I feel like, you know, I, I think we can cover uh, the 10-point spread, whatever it is. Maybe we lose by uh, five, six, seven points, but I feel like that's good enough to at least get some momentum uh, going into the week after playing the Raiders, which is more winnable at home. I was looking into the uh, Chiefs beat actually a little bit, uh, you know, and kind of their reporting and What's going on during the week so I can just kind of get myself previewed? <laughs> it's funny. One of the articles titles was, should the Chiefs fire Steve Spagnuolo? Or like, is he on the way out? And I was like, oh, been there, done that. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that was pretty funny um, seeing that. But yeah, it, it's funny because this, uh, this Giants and Chiefs defense are kind of in the same place where, at least for the Giants, last season they were known to be very good. They were very good. They were key players, obviously, were without Blake Martinez. But both teams, I would say, have gotten significantly worse on the defensive side of things this season <laughs> than they were last year. So I, I think that's something to definitely see and, and to point out. I want to start out by asking, we kind of like going um, in past to present a little bit. So just my first question for you. I guess not the first question because we've kind of already started off. But one of the questions I want to ask you is, uh, how did you get started on YouTube? That's a good question. Um, how did I get started on YouTube? All right. So I guess on it's actually my birthday. I posted my first video back in 2017. It was, uh, as you said, I'm a Nets fan. It was a Karis Levert Nets highlight video for his rookie season. And uh, then I took a few months off. Then I had some life events happen where, um, you know, I wasn't going out too much. I was like kind of just in my room and um, I was like, hey, like I'm, I'm bored. I might as well just try and like upload, upload some YouTube videos. Started out doing highlight videos. And then um, I just did a Giants commentary one day with like my computer audio. So it sounded terrible, but it still got like, uh, I don't know, 4,000, 5,000 views. And I was like, okay, well, people, there's definitely a market for this stuff. And like, I'm a Giants fan. I watch every game, you know, ever since I could remember, honestly. So I'm like, you know, I feel like I have decent op opinions. I might as well talk about it. So it's been fun. I mean, I wish that there was more winning. It's I feel like I started this in, in the worst stretch of Giants football in like 30 years. Um, and now I kind of have the label of being pessimistic. But I also try to be honest with people and keep it real. And, um, you know, you don't want to be proven right when, when you're, you know, hoping for negative things about your team. But like, it's just... You know, you got to call it as how you see it sometimes. And uh, it's just, it's been rough. So hopefully things get better because I do look forward to the day when I get to make content about like a winning football team and not have to, as I said, kind of reiter re reiterate the same stuff as I always do about like, oh, this is why we lost and the GM stinks and John Mara sucks. Like, I'm tired of saying all the same stuff at this point. So we just got to turn that page eventually. And obviously, with all the horrors continuing, injuries have been a huge thing this season. 
a really sad one, at least for me, all Giants fans probably, but Jabril Pepper is obviously out for the rest of the season. Joe Judge came out, said that he wants to have him back on his team if Joe Judge is here next year, right? That's always that's not <laughs> always a given either. But if he is, uh, he wants him back. Obviously, he's in his contract year. He was possibly a trade candidate before the deadline. Obviously, probably not now. You wouldn't get the value that you'd want. Do you think the Giants should re-sign him? Obviously, it depends on how he recovers from this injury, but uh, in general, let's say he wasn't injured, would you be re-signing him? I just, like, if there was no salary cap, yeah, but I don't, I don't know how it's going to be possible yeah. with the situation they're in right now. Of course, they went on this big spending spree of over, like, $200 million in contracts this past offseason with Galladay, Adoree, Rudolph, Booker, whoever else. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I like Peppers. He's a, he's a good leader and I think has made some very key plays for this team at times. We saw last week even there was a play where um, Chuba Hubbard, um, you know, blocks him and he gets up and, and still able to get a sack on Sam Darnold. He makes some key run stops sometimes. He's had plays in the past where he's had interceptions. The pick six against Haskins comes to mind back in 2019. So he's a playmaker and one of the leaders for sure on this team. Um, I just, I don't really think like giving him a big extension would be the best thing for this team. We've now seen this as kind of the second big injury he's had with the Giants, ACL plus a, a back fracture back in 2019, his first year here. So um, yeah, I feel like, you know, maybe I think if I had to guess right now, I think he's probably leaving this team, but at the same time, um, it also wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I, I just feel like, you know, having a strong safety like him, it'd be better to have. But it's also kind of an expendable piece. And if they want to take a guy in the third or fourth round of next year's draft and try to replace him, I'm fine with that, too. Because now they have Logan Ryan on a pretty big contract. Xavier McKinney's got to get his snaps. So, um, yeah, I just don't I just don't know if it's possible based on the, uh, the salary cap situation, unfortunately. So. We're almost at this midseason point. We have the trade deadline. Alex already mentioned Jabril Peppers was looking to be a trade deadline piece for another team. That didn't happen. It's not going to happen. So got to look, take that and throw it over our heads. But we are almost at that midseason point and it's evaluation time. What are your thoughts on these rookies and the sophomores? I mean, we haven't really seen much of our rookies, especially our first round picks. So you know, that's that's something to, to note of. Ellerson Smith, that's another one to note of. Mm-hmm. But I would say, you know, personally, Aziz Ojolari is looking like a beast on the football field. And then sophomores-wise, Darnay Holmes, haven't seen him as much as we would want, but that's a good thing because of the safeties that we've had and the cornerbacks uh, that we've had. But now, of course, injuries. He'll be slotted in there. So, <laughs> um, you know, we'll be able to see more of Darnay Holmes as the season goes on. And then I'm trying to think of the other stuff. So Andrew Thomas, right? struggling with injury we're kind of trying to move him around the offensive line i don't know why but um i'm answering the question that i asked to you i don't know why i'm doing that so i'm gonna let you answer that i apologize (laughs) um yeah i wanted to pull up the uh, list of who we drafted just to make sure i hit on everybody here so yeah andrew thomas feel very good about his ability it's just the availability that kind of hurts i mean of course last year had the foot injury had surgery comes back this year has gotten injured twice now i think andrew thomas from a talent standpoint is going to be a franchise left tackle it's kind of like the situation the jets are in right now where makai becton looks legit but he can't stay on the football field so as long as thomas is there i feel very good about him going forward xavier mckinney i expected more from this year i kind of gave him a pass last year due to the injury i'm like okay this guy's seeing his first nfl action there was no preseason last year so he was kind of just thrown in there and he made you know a really uh not the biggest difference but played very well in that final game against dallas had the uh the interception to seal the game and i expected more this year but so far mckinney's kind of just been like you know whatever not really too impressive but i still have hope that he'll turn it around for matt pair i mean you know it's more of a developmental guy we know that and you know he'll, he'll be fine i feel like going forward whether it's as a starter or as a death piece i do like to have him on this roster on this rookie contract not costing too much money um i don't know if i'll ever be like a, um, a cornerstone piece of this franchise like we hope for and i do think taking a right tackle on next year's draft is a possibility but you know it kind of annoyed me that nate solder beat out matt parrot that was not a good look for him so um hated seeing that but i guess when he's been out there he's been okay matt parrot's had some very questionable reps at times as well but Kind of expected more this year, unfortunately. Darnay Holmes, I liked him as well. Um, it hasn't gone the way I wanted it to. Shane Lemieux injured, can't really speak on that. Cam Brown, you know, good special teams player for the most part. Don't know if he'll ever contribute on defense. You know, Coughlin, 
you know, he's another good special teams guy. He'll make some plays for you defensively, not too much. Brunson, whatever. Williamson got cut. Crowder. Crowder's an interesting one. He's a guy that I liked a lot when I first saw him. I had no idea who he was when we drafted him. I went back and watched him, and I was like surprised he fell to, you know, Mr. Irrelevant pick. I thought he was a fine player, you know, a former running back. So making that uh, transition to a different position at linebacker was probably difficult for him at first. But he's a fine player. But, you know, just having him in coverage against, you know, Daryl Henderson, for instance, against the Rams a couple weeks ago was ugly. And we've seen him against uh, J.D. McKissick on that wheel route in that Thursday night game uh, week two um, got, you know, torched on those plays. So there are things to like about Tay Crowder. I feel like he's getting better now as the year's going on, but he's got to step up with Blake Martinez out. And uh, I'll try to run through these guys here for this year. So Tony... I was like kind of against that pick, not against it. I just wasn't the guy I wanted. I wanted Quiddy Pay, who hasn't, you know, he's been okay. He's had a hamstring injury as well. But, um, you know, for Tony, he's such an electric athlete. And I do really believe if he stays healthy, like Giants fans are very notorious for overrating their own players. I think we all know that. I think Tony, if he stays healthy, could be a top 15 receiver of football. He's that good. Like he's that great with the ball in his hands. And you saw some of the stuff he did at Florida against guys that, you know, some guys in that against in college probably weren't going to the NFL. So you start to worry about the competition level, but he's doing this to NFL players as well, making them miss and making them look silly. And some good players as well, like, you know, Chauncey Garner-Johnson in that Saints game, he's a pretty good player, and he, he made him look stupid on a, a couple separate occasions. So I like Tony a lot. I hope he's healthy going forward because he's a difference maker, and the way he handles the media is hilarious. Aziz, uh, definitely love that kid. I was shocked he fell to 50 talking about, you know, some knee issue at the draft. And, you know, I feel like that's not going to pop up. So I, I feel like the Giants got an absolute steal there. And, you know, my concern was playing against the run. He's getting better at it. So he's, he's already making strides. He's not even 21 and a half years old already. Um, still such a young player with so much upside at the important um, edge rushing positions. So I, I love the Aziz pick. It's working out so far. Other two, Ellerson and, and Robinson haven't played yet, but I still have some hopes for them. Brightwell and Rodarius. I mean, you know, we saw Brightwell in preseason a little bit had a decent game against the Browns. Rodarius, of course, tore his ACL, and he was looking fine in preseason. So we'll see. I mean, the draft classes haven't been, like, phenomenal, but, like, I think there's some hope that this can turn out well, especially if Aziz and Tony turn out to be, like, really great players and Andrew Thomas is a franchise left tackle. These can be drafts that we look back on fondly, hopefully. That was a long answer, by the way. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And obviously, you can see how important getting these good players that we draft, right? We're seeing kind of issues with players like O'Shane Zimenez and Lorenzo Carter, who we thought, hey, could be the real deal. But if you think about it, we didn't really spend high draft capital on them, right? You know, third, fourth round picks, they're they're not, you know, they're not the cream of the crop. And, you know, obviously second round pick isn't really either, but uh, for a first round caliber guy, I think is definitely worth it. And it actually kind of ironically, a lot of these edge rushers, who ended up going later in the first round, in the second round, who were all originally like Greg Rousseau, have actually done much better than people thought they would do. I was watching Greg Rousseau the other night for the Bills whenever they were on primetime, and he looked very good as well. So uh, interesting how some of those guys fell so uh, so far. Yeah, I would agree, Alex. Um, I also would like to say, Mike, you were mentioning like the Giants fans tend to overrate their players. Now, I'm not going to say they overrated Saquon Barkley, but, I mean, the guy had an absolutely explosive rookie season, and it just hasn't paid off for him when it comes to injuries. Now, this has been a key topic on this podcast, and obviously in Giants Twitter land and, uh, you know, Giants YouTube <laughs> land and any, anywhere Giants fans exist. It's a question of what the hell do we do with Saquon Barkley right now? Do we try and trade him? Do we, like... You know, do we do we try and trade him? Do we keep it going? Do we do we pay his contract right because he's coming up his contract? Do we give him the mega max? Do we give him everything he wants here? At, you know, out on this New York Giants team, Alex and I have debated this a lot. So, what is your thoughts uh, on the Saquon <laughs> Barkley topic? Yeah, I think most people know where I'm going with this one. It's just. Um... So my core beliefs about building a football team is you don't spend a, a ton of resources on a running back. And if you have to allocate 12 to $16 million per year on a running back, it's just, it's not worth it. I, I think just the position as a whole, yes, Saquon Barkley is a better player than Dearness Johnson, but the reason Dearness Johnson was balling out on Thursday was because of his surroundings. The running back position is, is so reliant on other pieces, whether it's the play caller, the offensive line, the quarterback, the weapons on the outside so they can't stack the box. There's so many things that go into it. And 
If you have a perfect team, like, you know, when the Chiefs took Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the first round a couple years back, yes, it was the 32nd pick and not the second pick. But I was like, okay, I understand that pick because the Chiefs, for the most part, have a good roster. They probably should have went defense looking back on it. But like, I, I understood it at that time. But with the Giants, you know, the whole pick made no sense, of course, coming off three and 13, and they should have rebuilt. But now as we sit here in the present, I mean, the guy can't stay healthy. I still love Barkley the person. I think he's still a – I still think he's a top 10 running back in football. I can't say he's top three or top two or the best like I once thought. But, you know, I, I think when he's out there, he's really good. And he could be probably better for a different team that utilizes him the right way. The Giants just don't have the run blocking. We've seen it before. I mean, you know, it's not like Devontae Booker's spectacular, but he, he feels like he's running into a brick wall every time he gets the ball. So um, I just don't think this is the right place for Barkley. You know, you could say the same thing about Odell Beckham. He's a great player. I still, I still think he's a good player. He's just in the wrong team and you know hopefully um you know for Saquon's sake he, he finds a, a good second home somewhere else but if, for the Giants especially if this year ends up being like a five or six win season and some things have to be partially rebuilt I mean I don't see the point in extending a running back and giving him once again that 15 16 per year million per year so yeah I'd rather just try and move on I'm not going to cut him obviously but if we can try and trade him for hopefully a third round pick and maybe a sixth or something like I would try to do that. I, I just don't think it's worth it. And we've seen some of these big running back contracts, whether it's now McCaffrey, whether it's Zeke, whether it's uh girly just don't work out. So I don't want to follow that trend. The blueprints out there, it's not working so far. And I don't want to be, I don't want to fall into that trap once again. You know, I was talking about, you know, I love Saquon. I was always against the pick, mm -hmm. but imagine how good he could be on a team with an actual offensive line, a team that the scheme really fit around him. For example, I was talking about this. Imagine Saquon Barkley on the Baltimore Ravens, mm. how good he would be with the play, uh, with the, uh, uh, what? RPOs. RPOs, yeah. the, the RPO. He would be, he would be crazy good. And that offensive line or behind the, uh, the Browns offensive line, he did all that in his rookie season with one of the worst offensive lines in football. Imagine how good he could be with the top offense. And he's got line. Jason Garrett as and his offensive coordinator, right? The guy doesn't script <laughs> yeah. anything that is remotely, let's just say, versatile. Yeah, I mean, he, he doesn't. He has the simple, when it comes to halfbacks, it's the halfback draw, halfback stretch, and I probably haven't seen a pitch in a long time. I don't even know if, if Saquon Barkley <laughs> got in a pitch yet. Um, and, and he always... Pissed me off every single time he, do, he does a run. I know it's coming because he has, for some reason, he has John Ross or whoever is in the slot go from either left to right or right to left, depending on where they line up, go behind Daniel Jones. Like they're going to fake jets. Like they're going to hear. Oh, no, I think you can see my quotes, but they're going to fake jet sweep. Um, I wanted to make sure. And then they're in a fake jet sweep. And then they just do a halfback draw to Booker. That's what I, I saw that probably three or four times the last you know two weeks. It's so annoying. But anyway, Alex, go ahead. Yeah, uh, and you know, I'm anti-paying skill position players in general, whether that be wide receivers, tight ends, running backs. I was not too happy with the Kenny Galladay contract. Look at it, looking at it now, <laughs> it looks very poor considering he's the fourth highest paid wide receiver in football, and he has the production currently of a, well, very low down because he's not even on the field. So, um, you know, I, I don't really like that. You can see, you know, there's been quarterbacks over the years who haven't had those very top guys at the skill positions, but have had a good offensive line and have produced a quarterback. Um, a, a good quarterback I, can make those guys. That's, that's what people fail to yeah. realize sometimes. Like if you Tom Brady, Tom right? Brady, I mean, like that, yeah, <laughs> who, who the hell would like Danny Amendola be without Tom Brady? Like, would Julian Edelman be Edelman without Tom Brady? Would Wes Welker be Wes Welker without Tom Brady? I highly doubt mm -hmm. that. You know what I mean? You could say that for about every good quarterback. Some guys are just naturally just ridiculous. Like Travis Kelsey would be fine regardless. And, you know, Tyree Kill, if you put him on a team where the quarterback can't throw deep, maybe he's not as good, obviously. But, um, yeah, you talked about Galladay for a second. I want to go back to that. I mean, even like the, you know, with Galladay and Nate Solder, I can't kill the Giants on those as much because they were in such a need of a left tackle back in 2018. And I know the money given the Solder was insane looking back on it, but they kind of had to because of how poorly they drafted. And they just took Eric Flowers back in 2015, and he was a flop, as we know. So, 
I feel like they were in a position where they had to pay Solder, but even back then, I, I still wanted like a Cam Fleming type guy, like a swing tackle, and just put him there at left tackle till you found your eventual answer. I didn't really think giving Nate Solder all that money was the best idea. But as for Galladay now, I mean, you're here and entering year three of Daniel Jones, and you've given him no weapons. Of course, before a month before Jones was drafted, they traded uh, Odell Beckham, brought in uh, the corpse of, uh, of Colton Tate, who was fine in, in 2019, but like just not to that guy's level. You know what I mean? So. I was like fine with signing Galladay. I was happy as hell, of course. And, you know, of course, even Tony looks good now. But like, you know, for, for signing Galladay, like that's what free agency is. You're paying A plus money for guys that usually aren't A plus players. As, as great as Galladay is, he's, you know, somewhere around like that top 15 area of, of NFL wide receivers. And right now he can't stay on the field. So this contract has has the ability to, to backfire if he can't stay on the field. But when Galladay plays, he's a good player. He's around 1,000 yards. He's around double-digit touchdowns. So um, he can be a wide receiver one. It's just, once again, depends if he's on the field kind of like Barkley awesome player just doesn't stay on the field too much so now tying this all together uh we kind of I'm not sure if this is like a game or a segment or whatever (laughs) we're gonna do some management grades um so we have Gettleman we have Judge we have Garrett we have Graham we're not gonna go into you know Rob Sale but (laughs) we we can we can just do grades a b c you can add the pluses and minuses whatever you want to do first I guess let's start with John Mara why not just for fun and, you know, just a nice big fat F. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only reason I would not give it an F- minus is because his willingness to spend money. There are some owners out there that don't want to spend money, but at least Mara let us like spend like like morons back in, or drunken sailors, whatever Gettleman says, back in 20, uh, 2016 and 20, 2020, this offseason, 2021, I should say. Um, at least Mara gives us the ability to spend money. I think Mara wants to win. He just doesn't know how to win. So he's just not very football literate, I guess you can say. So yeah, I don't know. The, the highest I would ever go for John Mara is like a D- minus because he spends the money, but he's been just god-awful. I, I can't really back that up honestly <laughs> yeah um i'll give mara a d plus for being able to withstand all the giants booze when eli manning uh <laughs> had his hall of fame ceremony and and mm-hmm. a d plus because he was able to accept my booze because i was very much booing in that crowd <laughs> i'm not gonna lie and so on to the next one let's go dave gettleman we'll go down the line here so dave gettleman Here's the deal with with Dave Gettleman. The draft picks have not been superb. Um, We're looking at, he was involved in Daniel Jones. He was involved with Saquon Barkley, and he was involved with Andrew Thomas and now Kadarius Toney. Out of all of those, how many of them are paying off at this point? I would say Daniel Jones. He's looking like he's looking like a player. He's looking like a true quarterback. He's looking the out. It was funny after this game. when, when we recorded our recap episode, Alex is like, if there's one bold take you want to take out of this game, it's not that the Giants are going to make the playoffs. It's maybe that Daniel Jones could be your franchise quarterback. And I, I agree with that. So I would say Daniel Jones. Besides that, Saquon's injury prone. Kadarius Tony's injured right now. And Andrew Thomas, we're trying to swing him between left and right tackle. It's not working and he's injured. So there's, hmm. there's a problem with that. So honestly, with the draft picks, the free agency... I've talked too much. I'll give him a C minus. That's yeah. That's kind of around there. I think I'll go D plus just because. Um, you know, I know guys got injured, and you just mentioned that, but just his vision and his uh, the the way he had no foresight. You know, when you come over and take over this Giants team back in twenty seventeen when he came here, and you take over a team that was at the time uh, two and thirteen. Um, you know, Gettleman should have realized, like, you know, we got to rebuild. And I don't know how much of that was Mara. John Mara denies the fact that he put a mandate on Gettleman competing in 2018. But the Giants obviously should have rebuilt back then. So just Gettleman's vision of where this team was at was very flawed from the beginning, which is why I didn't like him, of course. And then, you know, spending highly on Barkley, hated it. Um, you know, Daniel Jones, I feel like right now, a lot of fans were booing that pick. Right now, we're all liking that pick. And um, I still don't know what Daniel Jones will end up being. I do want to see what this kid looks like with the actual good team around him so my hope this offseason is that they get an actual gm and he actually fixes the offensive line but we'll see about that um 
but just overall, like the free agency signings, you can go down the list of how bad some of these have been. I mean, I, I did give him a pass for Solder, but it, it happened. You know what I mean? And Golden Tate made no sense. And you, you brought on all these uh, former Arizona Cardinals guys. I know it was probably recommended by James Betcher, but James Betcher is not signing those guys. You are. So um, I think part of that falls on Gettleman as well. So, you know, bringing in all these washed up guys, Antoine Bethea, Jonathan Stewart, Kyle Rudolph now, like giving them like some guaranteed money. And now, you know, we got to take like a two and a half million dollar dead cap hit if Rudolph gone next year just things like that he doesn't understand uh value of players and how to like i think gettleman's a fine scout he's found good players of course in the past whether it's like andrew norwell for the panthers or whoever else you know what i mean on this team he's found like uh tate crowd or darius slayton late in the draft but he just doesn't know how to be like a gm there's more to being a gm than just saying like this guy's a good player this guy's not a good player and gettleman doesn't do all the other things you need to do as a gm which is understanding value positional value where your position uh, where your team is at like should we compete this year all those type of things so yeah with that being said i'll give him a d plus i think that's probably being nice but we'll go with that yeah i agree he's very good on the player side of things maybe he should be a coach or a scout instead of a gm but uh yeah i'd give him a c i'll give him a flat out c um but i think he's gonna be gone at this the end of this year would be my guess Mm -hmm. um joe judge another interesting one i bet you if you asked giants fans last year they'd say like somewhere in the a minus to a plus range but now, I don't know what I'm going to say. I'd say, I'm, I'm, you know, you can't be super dramatic, right? You can't just bring him from like an A if you had him last year and after, what's it been, seven games now? You can't just swing him down to a D. So I'm going to put him at a B minus for now. I think that's a fair grade for now. For now. I actually, I actually might agree with that, I actually, which is funny. <laughs> I'm thinking now because, yeah, you just said it like, you know, if you asked me in the offseason, what would I have graded Judge's first year? He'd probably be like an A minus or so. Like, of course, six wins is, is not what you want, but just the situation that was at hand and the roster they had and the, the whole COVID thing going on. Like, yeah, that was a pretty impressive year. And then the Giants kept fighting for him. And the only time the Giants looked lifeless was the, the week three game against San Francisco at home last year. Outside of that, the Giants were competing in every game. So I give Judge a lot of credit. So last year, it was probably an A minus or A. As I sit here today, I haven't been too impressed and I feel like Joe Judge's personality does not mesh well with losing. You know, you, like when you have a, a kind of hard ass coach like he is, like when your career record is uh what's what's Judge's career record, guys? Eight and what is it? I don't know, eight and sixteen. It's like seven and fifteen or, seven. or eight and seventeen. Yeah, you know, something, something around like that, there. Yeah. Like you, you can't keep putting the same message on these guys and like eventually it, it kind of goes stale. And and I just feel like, you know, with some of the veterans we have on this team, sometimes they don't want to hear it. Seems like guys are buying in, but still, I mean, the wins have to come at some point, right? So this was supposed to be the year that the Giants were supposed to compete for a playoff spot. It's not over yet, but two and five is not where you want to be. So um, you know, I'm gonna be kind of level headed here. I think B or B minus is probably where I I'd probably be with judge at this moment in time um two things one this is going to be a bit of a personal thing uh not like judge directly and then second it's just because i want to switch it up between both of you guys because <laughs> i think you both went b minus there so i'm gonna go with a c plus only because i can't keep hearing the same nonsense at the press conferences like i gotta watch this on on the film and I got to, you know, yeah, I got to take a look at this. You know, uh, I'll get back to you later in the week. I got to say, I understand like he doesn't want to give the media what they want. I get that. That's what every player coach GM wants. But it's like the most blatant stuff too. It's like, oh, I got to look at the film. No, you don't. You know the, exactly what the hell happened on the field. When, when Nate Solder's standing there like a tree that doesn't know how to move his legs. I don't think you need the film to, to talk about that. So just for that alone, I'm going to give the C uh, or the C plus, the C plus. So then I, I can knock these out one, two, honestly, because I, it's just easy for me. Offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, Garrett, and then Patrick Graham. Again, another person when it comes to uh, to Garrett or to Graham, excuse me, that was like, oh, A, A plus, you know, last year. And now I get his injuries uh, on the defensive side. He's losing some key guys, right? Peppers, Blake Martinez, what, Tate Crowder is also out for the year. Um, no, not no, Crowder. Who, no, not who Crowder. Martinez, Peppers, Ro- uh, Roe Williams. Right, yes, yeah. that's what I was saying. Mm-hmm. No, no, not yeah. Ladarius Williams. The other, the, um, there's a there's a defensive guy, not Tay Crowder, but there's a defensive player. I feel like it's out for the. Maybe it was maybe it was Ladarius Williams. I think you're right. Yeah, the cornerback. <laughs> um, who broke their? If Tay, I, I, I was about to look. I was who, like, oh my god, Tay Crowder's out for the year. Oh no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> who broke their hand? though 
Who broke their left hand? Mm. Wasn't that a defensive player? I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. I thought that was Bredesen, but it wasn't oh, a yeah. break. I thought yeah. he had just like oh, sprained. Oh, that was bored. That was bored. Oh, CJ. Oh, bored. Oh, bored. Yeah, bored. He's special team slash. Sorry, offense. there's too many players on the Giants <laughs> injury report for me to know which injury is for which player. <laughs> but anyway, Graham, I get the injury part of things, um, but I don't know. It's just. Oh, it was Coughlin. I think Carter Coughlin. That's who I was thinking of. Okay. Anyway, that and also Lorenzo Carter. Um, I could just go down the line here because he because because Carter's also injured. But anyway, um, not out for the season. No, though. He's just, just injured. injured he's, yeah. he's losing a lot of players because of injury. So I'm giving the benefit of the doubt, but I'm going to give him a B minus. Okay, because <laughs> it, it's not looking good. The defense we got outscored by the Rams like <laughs> by 30 points. Scored 41, I think. And uh, Garrett, it's just been a stale playbook, honestly. Last two seasons, we've always wanted him to do more. I will give him credit. He's having Daniel Jones run the ball a little more. I do like that. So for that, I'll bump it up a little bit. And honestly, I'll give him just a solid a solid B-. minus. Um, give him up from a C. That's fair. All right. Uh, all right. So for Graham, I'll probably – like I was feeling great about him coming into this year. He's another guy that you know the NFL may have kind of figured out here and some of his personnel is not playing up to their standard as we know. You know, Bradbury being one of them and all the dropped interceptions definitely kind of changed the uh, the way we look at this defense. So for Graham, I'll, I'll give him a B-. minus. I'm not going to be too hard on the guy. I feel like he's starting to figure things out again. Like we looked really good against Carolina. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of want to give him the benefit of the doubt. And this is not a defense that – pass rushing wise has much talent at all i know aziz is now the second round rookie and they have leo williams but like still i mean they don't have like a natural alpha edge rusher that we need so the personnel is not great but graham you know they've been giving up some big plays on defense at some points like especially you know like the cd lamb plays and the terry mclaurin plays this year um there's been times that good receivers have beat us and especially the the lack of pass rushes there as well for this team so don't know how much of that's on graham but i feel like schematically you know there were times earlier this year where the giants would be in a uh, third and three on defense and they had the cornerbacks playing 10 yards off i was not a fan of those type of things but um yeah i, I think i'll give him a b minus or something around there like i think graham is, is going to figure it out i think he's a smart guy so he'll be all right and as for garrett you know i was very hard on the guy i definitely would have said an f you know if this was a few weeks ago but just the way he's looked the past couple games here especially last week i thought the game plan versus carolina was awesome and i know it only resulted in 25 points but that's a lot for us like we've never scored over 30 in the jason garrett era if you only include offensive points so um i don't know i think for garrett i'll probably may go with that b minus range as well i mean you know i'll still still go with c plus i I still can't forgive some of the things he's done in the past but um it is looking better but this is like a big week for for me with jason garrett like you have you have to put up points once again against a a chief's defense that's awful so um i'll give him a c plus for now garrett but it's it's trending in the right direction hopefully so with jason garrett you know it's kind of like at school where you're almost about a failure class and you know they're going to email your parents Mm. and then it turned out that you know he had a, he had a good test he got like a he got an A on his test and it's like oh his grades up now he's he's at a C for me okay. um he he was at a C minus he was on the skit he was almost about to lose his job and now he kind of recovered as he always does and uh, so he's at a C for me Pat Graham I'm gonna go B plus I think he's been solid I think the the lack of any pressure on the edge is just really an issue um and you know Azizo Jalari's been great but you know, you can't really expect much out of him uh, in terms of being that alpha guy like you mentioned. So, yeah, I'm going to go B plus for Graham and I'm going to go for, uh, yeah, what did I say? C, C yeah. for uh, C for Garrett. Um, all right. So we're going to get to the Giants Chiefs score predictions here. We've been talked a lot about the past. We need to talk about the present. What are your score predictions for this game? Do you have a Giants win? Maybe we move to three and five or uh are we going to be back to lowly two and six? Uh, this is for me or Josh. Who's going? Whoever you can go first. Yeah. All right. Um, haven't thought of a score prediction. I've been kind of getting away from those. Cause I always pick us to lose. I feel like, and it sucks. Um, I'm still going to take the chiefs. I have to, but I just think it's going to be kind of close. Like I'll take the chiefs 31, 24. 
I think that's what I'll go with. So, um, yeah, if they can find a way to get this win, it can change the entire season around. You know, I know three and five is not the best thing ever, but, um, yeah, we do have an easier second half of the year. So I think it's it's possible if they get this win and, and maybe even the Raiders next week as well, they can really change the uh, narrative about this team going into the bye. But it's just tough going to Arrowhead and, and playing a Chiefs team that's just came off three points. You can't imagine Andy Reid and – Patrick Mahomes, you know, duplicating that. Like, you know, I feel like their their bad week was last week and now they're gonna take out all that frustration on us. I hate playing teams that are that are good teams that just came off a terrible week. So not what you want to see. Uh, I know Patrick Mahomes kind of made the headlines because of the TikTok video today. He's not looking happy. But um outside of that, I mean I, I think that the Chiefs will put up points in this game and our defense has looked better, but this is a different animal. This is not gonna be Sam Darnold airmailing receivers by ten yards. This is Patrick freaking Mahomes. I know they have a lot of turnovers, and that's probably the way we got to win this game is, is, is turning them over because Mahomes this year is just not not looking right, I should say. Like he's had some plays where he's looked like the usual Mahomes, but I just feel like they're just trying to take too many deep shots. They're not doing enough dink and dunk type of stuff. It's not really the Chiefs offense, but the Giants can look to take advantage of that. And the Giants secondary's gotta, you know, they gotta be up for the challenge here. I, I just tweeted this right before we got on that the Giants play two of the top four passing offenses of football, you know, the Chiefs and the Raiders coming up here. So they gotta step up there. Um, but yeah, I can't sit here and expect to beat the Chiefs, but it would be great. But I'm I'm gonna take KC by seven. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs have struggled so far this season. I don't know what it is with Mahomes. Maybe he's seeing his brother on the sideline <laughs> and it's it's distracting him a little bit. Maybe they're not going to let him into the stadium this time. and Maybe he'll put up 50 against us. So we'll have to see. Um, I'm going to go 34-31 Chiefs. I think we're going to lose in a final two-minute field goal as usual. Harrison Butker will put us away and we'll all be crying on Monday night um, before going to our various activities on Tuesday, of course. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that's my score prediction. We've seen that before, right? <laughs> yeah, we definitely have. 31 24 is my final score prediction. Again, going with the Chiefs. So, all Giants fans, all going with the Chiefs victory. I guess that does say something. And, <laughs> yeah, Mike, Alex, like you were both saying, we, the TikTok video has been seen by all three of us. And I just want to say, Giants fans, do not think that, uh, it's Patrick Mahomes upset at the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's why he's mad. He's upset at his own brother. So that don't, don't have me get into Jackson Mahomes because that's a whole other topic. That man is, uh, oh boy. Yeah, he, he, he's got an interesting case on his hands. And let's just say I actually, for one of the rare times, do feel bad for Patrick Mahomes because that man has everything in life. He's got a lot of millions of dollars, but his brother not doing so well for himself. So <laughs> anyway, uh, you can go check out Mike Too Nice on YouTube, on Twitter, at MikeNYY. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, no problem, guys. I appreciate you having me. I'm looking forward to listening to this back, and hopefully we sound good. But uh, I'll talk to you guys in the future. I appreciate you having me. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.